Dr. Dennehy, favorite drink of bulls, bears, hawks, socks, bulls, say goodbye a little longer like I ate a piece of big red. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Stay at Home Fans podcast. As always, we're coming to you from a basement in Denver by our unsuspecting sponsor, Astroglide. My name's Charlie Hargrave, and I'm here with Dane Mellick. How are you, Chucky? And Evan Smith. Hello, stay-at-home fans, listeners. And first and foremost, we want to say thank you for listening to us on SoundCloud. Please give us a follow and comment. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about our podcast so that we can continue to do better for you guys. Um, But... First, today we'll be covering a number of different things, uh, from juiced balls to the NBA ending the one-and-done potentially, Tiger looks to contend at the Valspar, how far is too far in a job interview question, Canelo eats bad meat, and the UFC is on vacation. Now, speaking of vacation, have you guys seen where our president, Donald Trump, will be visiting in uh, the next couple of months? I have seen where Donald Trump is planning on going. Uh, in an unprecedented move for the Stay at Home Fans podcast, we are going to lead this one off with our off-topic topic of the week. And our headline reads, Kim Jong-un agrees to denuclearize North Korea and offered an invitation to meet with President Trump. Trump headed to North Korea? I got a feeling this is the beginning of a little standoff. <laughs> Unfortunately, Ooh, tell us more, Dane. <laughs> I get a feeling that this is just going to be two two people thinking that they have a lot of big sacks. They're going to finally meet up, and neither of them are going to budge. Do you think they'll finally measure? Oh yeah, they're going to have to. Like that's how diplomacy. They won't know, it. man. If you go by average sizes, just based on their heritage, I gotta <laughs> think that our boy Donnie T might tr- might literally trump him. Yeah, for. For sure. We got to well, hope you know, so. You know, they'll do it in closed doors and then they'll come out and Donald Trump will be like, oh, mine's, you know, Fake 10 or so. News. And then Kim Jong-un will be like, oh, yours 10, oh, mine's 11. And then, oh, I got to remeasure. Type it's possible. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But so I mean, so a standoff, though. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's definitely a good thing, though. It's This beef has been brewing for a very long time, pretty much ever since Donald Trump came in the office and even before he was in office. Um, and, you know, nuclear. War has always been kind of a thought on everybody's mind, I think, from North Korea and here in the United States. And this is definitely a little calming point. But um, I do think that the negotiations, when they do actually meet, could just be two alter egos in a room with just no conflict resolution is kind of how I feel it's going to go. But I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's good you know, you know, to at least provide a little hope. But this is going to be interesting. Here's how I see it. I see it as uh, they do agree to denuclearize, and Trump, you know, hails his tremendous victory and gloats about it, and it'll be awesome. They'll be denuclearized, but then I have a feeling North Korea is just playing like the long term game here. I think so too. Get on our side the long for a while. Con? Like uh, wait Jennifer for, like, Lawrence Trump and Trump to get out of office. Wait for most world leaders to get out of office before you know trying to get back to maybe expanding their nuclear program or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Or, you know, maybe they're just they're just completely lying to them and say we're going to denuclearize and are just going to build more weapons while they do it and not even, you know, just keep it extra secret. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's a good sign that um, Kim Jong-un is willing to meet. And I don't know. I got faith in our boy Donnie T in this uh, in this thing. I think that as brash and 
offensive as he can be and as obsessed with himself. Like, I feel like this is something where having a super ego the way he does could actually come in handy where he might want to be the president that does get this done. Exactly. I mm-hmm. think he does. I think he's hungry for it. I hope so. That would be, that's what everybody wants. That's for damn sure. And yeah, I'll, I'll give him this victory. That'd be awesome. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and uh, hope that it all works out. Hope so. We yeah. have, we all do. Pulling for <laughs> him. Is, is if, the, if this doesn't go the right way, it's a lot of people are going to die, I got a feeling, which should be a very, very bad thing. World War Three starts, or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just one of those things that because it's on the complete opposite end of the world. I I've just I've never I've never been like walking home from work and be like, man, really hope we don't get nuclearly bombed right now. Oh yeah, I I'd never think about it, but I mean, I mean, we're also in the middle of the United States, pretty much, where it's you know we're not on the coast or whatever, where it's a lot more likely to get nuked, but. I've been it's, listening to a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson lately, so I'm more worried about like an asteroid hitting us than yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure something that we like totally can't defend from. But yeah, that's okay. just me. I've been a huge nerd recently. We've seen what happens with nuclear bombs, and I think that um, that's definitely a last case scenario for that to ever really happen again. So. Yeah, Chuck and I were talking about that in the car ride over here. Where like I was saying, I feel like with Basically, with nuclear warfare and, uh, like, poisonous gases, Mm -hmm. that was the first time that technology, like, reached its edge of, like, what it can do. Yeah. And instead of continually developing the technology, screeched the brakes and turned around. (laughs) You know, it's like every other... Everything out there, cars and houses and gadgets and everything in technology is always progressing, always going further, always trying to. And not to say that they're not still making military weapon advancements, but as far as like the destruction of a single item or something, Mm -hmm. that was the only time in world history where they were like, okay, we figured out as far as we can go with this <laughs> it's bad yeah and we're not going to do that we're going to turn around and not try and develop it any further that's yeah. a good point evan used a great uh vocabulary <laughs> word on the right over here describing it as an asymptote <laughs> <laughs> getting right up to but never actually like reaching the line no we did go like over the line mm-hmm but just yeah, just a couple of times turn around. Yeah. you know yeah. when they were dropping that bomb in hiroshima and they saw the cloud there was like Oh fuck! What did we do? <laughs> they knew that it was just. I don't. I don't. They definitely didn't predict what it was going to happen. They definitely didn't. You know. I don't think they thought it was going to be as brutal as it was. I and I just don't. I don't no know. Idea. I think it's, that's last case scenario. I really think that. Hopefully, but. But yeah. Knows? Let's go, Donnie T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring home the W. Bring home uh, W. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's bring it back to a world where we actually know what we're talking about a little bit. Um, Slightly. This week it came out in an ESPN sports science study um, found and refuted a claim by the commissioner, Rob Manfred, uh, showing that there was a change to the construct of the MLB baseball. Yeah, I find this story so interesting um, because, you know, it has to do with the ma- like major the league itself, mm-hmm. like playing a role in sort of adjusting uh, the outcomes of the of what happens in a play. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like the last time that anything was brought in to, you know, prop somebody up to make somebody better at what they do. PEDs. Yeah. Like, you know, baseball has really 
blacklisted a lot of people who like deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because it was a steroid era. Everyone was doing it, whether you're a 200 hitter or you're Barry Bonds. But yeah, um, yeah I find this really interesting because there's been a huge uptick in home runs in the last year and a half. In fact, last year was the highest number of home runs ever hit by over 400 home runs. Mm-hmm. The next closest was uh, 2000, like the peak of the steroid era. Sosa and Maguire mm-hmm. year, right? And uh, in this, the commissioners uh, said over and over again that they haven't changed the baseball. They haven't changed the baseball. Mm-hmm. And so they did a few studies to determine whether or not that's accurate. Like One thing that they did with uh, South Carolina, University of South Carolina, yep. was CT, uh, computed tomography, uh, the baseballs to determine whether the densities had changed and mm-hmm. they showed that it actually had mm-hmm. in baseballs that are n- like being played with now versus that had been played with in like the 2012 season yep um which is so interesting to me yeah so what? it seems like what exactly is the difference because how what couldn't they just have taken a baseball from the early 2000s and then taken one from today and cut it in half and like if it's that different where it's making such a big difference in home runs, I would feel like there would almost be a noticeable difference just by an eye test. It's literally like 0.06 grams lighter. So the ball's slightly lighter and then the core is a little denser. So, I mean, it's one of those things that if you, yeah, less dense. So you look at, if you cut it open, you can't really see it to the naked eye very well. But if you see, if you do multiple scans, you can see a lot better because you see, because you can see like the, the, the depths in the actual, the colors of the scan. Whereas if you were to just open, you know, cut open a ball, they all look the same they color in the core. look the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I might have been being a little dramatic about just being able to cut it open, but I mean, couldn't you just like put, put take one of those super accurate scales and just like weigh one and weigh the other? So there, there is like a... In hindsight. <laughs> there can be a variance in like the weight of the ball. So what basically what Major League Baseball mm-hmm. did was make all of their balls now up to the very threshold of the lightest it can possibly be. And Mm -hmm. they also changed the core in it, which made it less dense. Now the way that it is like wrapped is bouncier. It was like statistically significantly shown to like basically bounce off at a faster speed than the balls of the earlier era. Mm -hmm. And the newer balls have less wind resistance. There, There have been wind tests done on them. So this is like science really stepping up their game and testing like basically all of the different attributes that could affect the flight of a baseball. Mm-hmm. And they found that the things that are going on now with the new baseballs, they can, with under the exact same circumstances compared to balls of like 2012 and 2013, they can travel like nine and a half feet further under the exact same hmm. like force given i have and trajectory i have two stances on this situation a keep doing what you're doing because more home runs better let's be honest people like seeing the ball get out of the park people don't really care about seeing it all the time couldn't whatever. agree more the, you know what cork them i don't give a shit give, give, give the, the players ball yeah give the players steroids i don't care give them more home runs i don't care whatever they're doing keep doing it because it's making the game of baseball way more exciting my second opinion on this thing is those sports science things are the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank that, you. That host is like the most annoying guy in the world. Most of the shit that they do is just so irrelevant. That guy is That's such like, a fucking dude. He's such a nerd. Like they did one on on like um I think it was Tom Brady's, you know, release factor or whatever. Like, oh yeah, he releases at a at a 
seven degree angle and it makes it so then like the wind resistance is three times less than like a normal quarterback whatever it's like dude who gives a shit man no one cares about this stuff he's a good quarterback we don't need your stupid ass sports science to prove that he's a good quarterback yeah like no one cares it's so stupid. It's so dumb. I hate those sports science like, things. Oh, this guy hits with this much force onto a pad when no one's doing anything. And, the, and, yeah. and what does this mean? Like it, He compares. He's like, oh, yeah, he hits this baseball with a force that is the same as a two-ton truck hitting a wall or something stupid like that. It's like, dude, who gives a shit, man? Like, I don't care. No one cares about this stuff. They're good players. Just... Let it be. I just think that guy's an annoying turd. I can't stand What's his him, name? dude. John Brinkus. Don't know. Or don't something care. Like that. Can't stand that guy. So yeah, that's those are my two stands on it. <laughs> what I don't understand is why didn't why wouldn't they just come out and say, "Hey, look, we understand uh, people like seeing home runs. We're gonna make this change of the ball and start basically a new era of the MLB." Why? Would they try and cover this up? That's a great question. Because then they would have to basically allow everybody that did steroids to, you know, be in the Hall of Fame and shit like that. And that's there's a huge divide Why? between that doesn't make baseball sense. players. Yeah. Because, but basically, the biggest issue with the steroid era is that it, the statistics were inflated because, like, the guys were juiced up. They could hit the ball harder. Right. So more home runs were being hit and things like that. So records were being broken in like kind of an ill, what was seen as an illegitimate way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the same thing here with juicing the balls, only it's the league doing it. It's yeah, going to be inflating statistics. that's not the statistics. same thing at all because no, 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 everybody it, gets to do com- it. <laughs> it is inflating statistics though, again, over like an era, which is, it is the exact same, you're getting the exact same effect as the steroid error had on the game. Yeah, I get that. But it's still not the exact same thing because you're changing the equipment for everybody. Yeah. It's like... People that choose to do steroids choose to do steroids. And who gives a fuck if there's a different era? So what? You make two different sections of the of the Hall of Fame and you say these yeah. are... This is now... These are now the new standards. Yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with you 100%. I think that... Dude, I feel like this whole baseball and these players not getting the Hall of Fame because they do steroids. Honestly, I think that's I think that's a really stupid thing to do. And the reason why I say that, yes, okay, yes, they intentionally cheated, but like Barry Bonds, the reason why he's not in there, dude, he's he still had to hit the ball. Like that's not an easy thing to do by any means. Like to have the and to hit a home run, all those, all that can that was so hard to do. Like, yes, yeah, okay, he, he had some enhancements, but dude, even with out those enhancements, he still had one of the best swings you would yeah, ever see in baseball. He has thirty pounds less muscle. On He's still his getting body. out of the park. Like maybe he, maybe his like home runs go down, his doubles go up. Yeah. I, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really agree with that argument either. But I mean, it's it's also like Barry Bonds though had, had a very long career prior to ever being tied to any steroid mm-hmm. stuff before he blew up, became huge, and started hitting seventy bombs a you know a year or whatever um and at that time he was like a 400 400 guy and if he would have like retired in like let's say like 1999 or 2000 whatever it would have been um right like beginning of the steroid era like i say he would have been a hall of fame player there i i get what you're saying but it doesn't matter that's still not the same argument it's it would be one thing if we're talking about the steroid era where 
all players were forced to, or at least had the option of taking steroids that were provided by the league. They that's essentially op- what it is now. Well, they should offer that's that. That's not what it is now. That they should cool offer it, though. That's basically what it was, though, because Major League Baseball allowed this steroid usage to run rampant. Like, they turned a blind eye to everything. Like, their testing was a joke. And so, like, they basically cultivated a culture that allowed this to happen in every single locker room. But either way, that's still... uh, Taking steroids is still, A, illegal, and B, uh, cheating. This isn't. No, I, I agree. I, I see what you're, I get what you're saying. I agree with you. And they're just making yeah, a they difference. They just put an asterisk and stop I just don't comparing. Understand. Yeah, yeah, instead of being I'm, all shady I'm about it, they that. should have just come out and been like, hey, ratings are going down or whatever the reason. Uh, we get that people are losing somewhat of an interest in this sport. Mm-hmm. There's more things to watch today than ever before. We're going to make a change to the game. And and now we're in a new era of uh, this is the fucking new home run era. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think there's two conclusions to this. One, keep doing what you're doing with the ball, and two, let everybody use steroids so we can see more home runs. Yeah, that's ma- what I say. Imagine seeing Barry Boom. Bonds hitting these balls. Boom! Yeah, I would love I that. I don't know if I agree with that. I still, f- I baseball's boring. You can't just tell everybody to take steroids. It's that stupid argument. I'm of, not saying tell everyone yeah. to take steroids. Give them the option. <laughs> They're not just lift. Just the give them the option. Yeah. Look, uh, I don't know. I just. Taking steroids is bad for you in the long run, no matter what. Yeah, look what. at Sammy Sosa now. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't look. He so looks good. like the uh, leather. Face. He looks well, like he... that ghost emoji. Yeah. Well, he had that surgery too, which definitely didn't. He's help. gotten so pale. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, that was surgery. Well, I have no idea yeah. what that surgery was. But no, he, he looks like the ice cream poop emoji. He had the Michael Jackson surgery, like the skin um, skin implantation. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I Move think that on. you can't really. You can't just outright say, "Hey, you can take steroids." It's just. It's just. It's like. Uh, it's the same reason that the UFC, even though it actually might be better for the fighters in the long run, they would never go no gloves because it's too barbaric. It's too. You yeah, can't. You just can't do that. It's the same way. You can't just outright come out and say that steroids are okay. But what you can do is say that we've made a change to the equipment, like every other sport has done over time, and from now on, the stats are just going to be different now. And you, you know, we'll have the greats in this early era, and now we have we're gonna make new greats in the new era. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I still, no say, I still say give them steroids. <laughs> we're just saying, you <laughs> know, taking the Daniel Tosh approach. Yeah, where yeah. I mean, I'm he used saying. to joke about how he thinks that athletes should be forced to take steroids. At least in baseball, <laughs> just long balls, man. Yep, chicks dig the long ball. All right, well, maybe we'll circle back to that at some other time when it uh comes out with more details or something Mm -hmm. um let's take it to the hardwood courts we got the nba considering doing away with the one and done rule amid ncaa pay-for-play scandal now you guys know i know a lot about sports oh yeah but for our listeners out there that might not know as much as i do why don't somebody why doesn't somebody please explain what the one and done rule is Explain to me as if I were a five-year-old. So basically, the one-and-done rule is is that um, basically okay. you have to do one year. So um, if you had a lemonade stand, <laughs> your parents gave you $10. And, you had, and it cost you $7. You have $3 left over, and you okay. have to spend that. Um, but, yeah, so basically what it is, the one-and-done rule is essentially that in order for you to go to the NBA, you have to um, you can't go straight from high school. So you have to go play one year in NCAA and before you can go play pro or go play overseas and then you can 
come and play in the NBA. Okay. And they used to do this where you could just go straight from high school, and then they implemented this rule maybe like what eight or nine years ago, shortly after not LeBron longer, entered yeah, the league. Not long, not long ago. But it was um, basically implemented because the uh, NBA owners were bitching and moaning about making a bunch of poor investments mm-hmm. in these hotshot high schoolers that never panned out. Yeah. And so this is their way to help ensure their own uh, investments moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, I don't know. I, a lot of people are on the fence of whether or not this has been a good thing or a bad thing for the players. Okay. Well, yeah. what do you think about it? I think that it's, um, I mean, honestly, I I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think that this is definitely the one sport that players can be physically able to come out of high school and be able to play professionally pretty easily. Like, dude, if you look at the best players to ever play, they came straight out of high school. You look at Michael LeBron Jordan. James. <laughs> Kobe Bryant? LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett. Isn't they that all what came that, um, Nelly song was about? Drafting them out of high school straight into the pros? Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, some of the best players that have ever played basketball came straight out. Tracy McGrady, I believe, came right out of high school. Um, just, you know, there's a lot of really good Dwight Howard came right out of high school. You know, like, obviously they can prove that they've done it. Um, I do think, you know, I, I do think that it's good for the players to at least kind of, you know, experience one year of college to get a little education. But then more and more I think about it, it's like when I went to college and I saw these kids, you know, do the whole one and done thing, like, Dude, they didn't go to school. They didn't do any of that shit. They were just there to play basketball. No, yeah. you get a degree in basketball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So the, it's kind of like there are so many old school like blowhards that are really annoying that like just sit on that high horse and talk about mm-hmm. oh they get this value of an education and blah 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 blah. No, you they don't. don't get to you market party. themselves and they don't get to like do anything. Like literally, all they do is the sport. And so to like really have that stance is an absolute joke. And most mm-hmm. of these players like that end up going to the NBA aren't sticking around for four years. So no. like, like what's the point? I, I don't get it. Like, well, here's, here's the solution that I love. Actually, Steve Kerr said, Steve Kerr said that, and I think this is a brilliant solution. So basically what he said was, well, was in the NCAA and, and the NBA work together for once and the NCAA, they claim how they want to, you know, they want to, they want the kids to come to college because it's a good, experience for them and it's good for them to you know validate their lives blah blah blah. so what he said was why don't you guys if the people go into the nba draft and they don't get drafted allow them to go back to college like allow them to go to college so if if they had exactly so if they had scholarships to come out of high school and you know maybe they said hey we want to go try the nba draft and those scholarships are still available for them let them do that like I see no problem in that whatsoever. I think that's I think that's a brilliant idea. I really like that. And then the NCAA is also discussing implementing they're scumbags. Yeah, they're huge scumbags, but scumbags. they're trying to like save some skin here by allowing players, uh, D one players, to transfer and not have to sit out a year, mm-hmm. um, where they would just be able to you know play one year at Duke, and then if they wanted to, they could transfer to. Iowa, yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully, bring a title out to the yeah. out to the homeland. Yeah, they're dead last in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, they're terrible. They Shout out to the Hawkeyes. They can get, but <laughs> so that's where like the NCAA is thinking. But one thing that's really interesting, I think, is like what the NBA is discussing potentially doing, mm-hmm. which is like in a similar fashion to like European soccer, basically 
cultivate, like make clubs, like youth clubs associated with the actual team. And so these kids from a young age are getting filtered into these uh, club teams from like the Bulls and things like that. That's a good idea. To be coached by pro level coaches who like know how to, um, you know, coach the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, the kids then get the most benefit from that in their game, at least. Yeah, that's definitely, that's Um, a good idea. I like that idea a lot. I mean, I just think that they're also I, talking about beefing up the D League so that it's like more yeah. of a league that people want to watch. You know, it's like because nobody watches that shit. Nobody. Imagine like if you gave Didn't these. Know it imagine if you gave these like <laughs> better high school kids like you know a hundred grand or something like that, and then cover their travel expenses and all that associated mm-hmm. with playing, and they televise the games on like ESPN or something like that. The Ocho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like it's going to be hard to make people care about that kind of thing. Unless you have like a incredibly like magnetic character that's playing in that league. Like a, like a, one of the... They'd be playing in the NBA I mean, then. As much as I hate to say this, like one of those ball family kids or something like that. Ugh. You know what yeah. I mean? You get like a Conor McGregor style prospect like other than that i mean who's gonna tune in to watch that even if they do toss it on espn i mean hell even before lebron came into the nba dude they were shown his high school games on espn and shit because he was so good you know they would need somebody like that i'm saying i'll check that out but but they would be playing in the nba though you know yeah you know like to get invested into a exactly d league exactly yeah i mean yeah that's you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding me yeah i just i'm with you on that i i just think the nba and the ncaa need to find a way to work together on this and like do what's right for the kids and stop having the ncaa be like oh well we see no profit out of it so the kids can go fuck themselves no they make a billion dollars i know off of the kids did you get nothing did you see how much the turn how much ncaa profit made last 750 million bucks yeah the tournament just from the tournament that's insane give them a slice let them at least like market themselves get some money like start a business or something like that for themselves like that doesn't have to do with the school NCAA NCAA needs to change their shit I mean yeah they should at least be able to make money off their own jerseys I know agreed it's insane didn't Tim Tebow have like the highest selling jersey of all time for a period of time I think so he might still think so yeah and did he get his Florida jersey they don't say Tebow on them though they can't unless you get them unless you get them customized like if you were to buy them at uh, Mm -hmm. you know a University of Florida somewhere or online, you wouldn't see at least like an NCAA. You wouldn't see Tim T like Tebow fifteen. You wouldn't gotcha. see that. You just see fifteen. But yeah. All right. Bullshit. Hey Dame, what are we sipping on by the way? Uh, we are sipping on some Monkey Shoulder mm. single barrel Scotch. It's very good. It is. It's nice. I'm a, I'm a that big is fan. a really Appreciate interesting it. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old Monkey Barrel. The bottle was just super cool, so I bought it. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, seems to be working. Sipping on scotch has really gotten me in the mood for some gentleman's talk. Did we steal that from Foreplay Podcast? Oh, fuck them. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> we might have. Um, yeah, all right. So we got a good Nobody tournament going knows on what this we're weekend. Doing. <laughs> the uh, 2018 Valspar Championship takes place this weekend at Copperhead Golf Course in Innisbrook, Florida. Uh, notables competing here include Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy making their first appearance. 
in the Valspar tournament. Valspar. Yo, Valspar. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those tournaments that kind of comes up and bites people in the ass. It's definitely one of the harder courses out on tour. It looks like people have been struggling a yeah. bit. Which well, is weird. It was, it was, was windy, too. Yeah. Which doesn't help. But but I, I think they said um, this was like the 13th hardest... This was like the 13th hardest uh, tournament over the last five years. Scoring average-wise? Mm-hmm. Scoring average-wise on Is this one PGA that Tour. travels a lot, or do they generally have it at Copperhead every it, year? It's been at Copperhead since like 2001 or 2000, okay. so it's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, it was the... It was called like the Tamp Open for a while, and then it switched to. Then they started Delphine. finding snakes everywhere, yeah. so they started calling it the Copperhead. Yeah, and they have apparently this is some of the three hardest holes in golf. They claim the Snake Pit, which is sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Some of the hardest holes. Oh, they um, do call it the Snake Pit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. They do. Yeah, it's called. It's just like the uh, the Bear Trap, you know, at the Honda Classic, mm-hmm. and only there's snakes in. Yeah, it. Yeah, Amen Corner, just you know, one of those things. It got just a stretch of golf that the the courses like to label. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it was a tough day today. Um, there were some big names that really struggled. We had Roy McIlroy. He shot three over. Jordan Spieth shot five over. Spieth had a rough Lee. one today. That was brutal. Um, dude, yeah, it was, it, it, uh, Henrik Stenson, I think, shot like two or three over. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Rose didn't do so hot, but, but our boy Tiger Woods did pretty damn good he was swinging them sticks pretty well dude he shot he shot one over he's under he's tied for eighth yeah one under he's tied for eighth right now man i, I hate to get my hopes up but i'm very excited to see him play this year you like, know what i, I noticed about very him excited did he even take the driver out of the bag like he did on the first hole and okay he piped, piped it. it hit it like 330 right down the middle of the fairway um other than that yeah i don't think he did all that much i think he did on another par five the one par five that he uh um that he hit it behind the trees no that was that was a par four sorry um but like the 600 yard one yep. that he had to he had to yeah punch push it, it out to the left yeah, on yeah save nice. par on that one yeah. um but look i have to say man i am beyond thrilled to see tiger woods play like this because, his form is really good right dude, now he looks so good right now his tempo's good you can tell he's you can tell he's happy too. He's smiling on the course. He's he's making jokes with the players. Yeah. He's putting really well. His short game looks like it hasn't missed a beat. He looks confident. He looks very confident, man. And I think that dude, I'm going to say it. He's he's going to win this year. I think he's def I think I said that a while ago, but I think he's going to at least get a win this year for sure. Um and he's already kind of proven that he can at least contend with these guys. Um yeah. dude's only his 10th round back since playing and since playing pro and like that's something you know even somebody like him you have to get acclimated to as a professional you know that your tournament play is a lot different than playing with your buddies and all that stuff you know like it's just it's different and these guys especially when they have money on the line like yeah he's been the he's the best of all time at it but but still you know it's just like you know what you, I you gotta get used to it he did a lot today too he backed off a lot of shots he did when he was like yeah. right about to hit and then kind of took an extra second i don't know if i like that or if i don't like that it's he's kind of always done that. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. He's always been one of those. I mean, I feel like he was doing it a lot today, though. Yeah. I, uh, the wind, I think, was really kind of messing with people That's today. possible. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, there was a few times, you know, like, people would talk in his backswing. Somebody stopped yodeled. Right. Yeah. Somebody yodeled. Stopped right backswing. away, which is, he's, he's been very good at that yeah, for, for, a very, for a very long time. Definitely had to be a Henrik Stenson fan, right? I would imagine it was actually no they they uh, they cleared it up so it didn't make the bet the game of golf look bad it was uh, a Henrik guy. Henrik Stenson does come from a long line of yodelers. 
Yeah. So I would imagine. Yeah, he does. And definitely. Yeah. For sure. Um, but it was apparently some guy on the fifth fairway that somebody hit a tee shot and he yelled four right, so he wasn't even looking at Tiger. Tiger was on eight or oh, something like that. Oh, he was yelling four. He yodeled four. Yeah, he, he yelled four right. Four, he, was on, four, he was on a different fairway, and apparently he just had one hell of a yell. And yeah, so... Um, but I have some I have some crazy Tiger Woods stats for you guys. Ooh, stats time. Let's I looked, go, Dan. So I looked this up today. Well, I didn't look it up, but they said it on the beginning of the broadcast today. So last year, Valspar Championship set a record of attendance um, ever at 112,000. For that tournament? For this tournament. Okay. Tiger Woods has never played there at this tournament, and they're expecting over 165,000 people this year. Okay. So that's a pretty big increase. It's a, that's the what I feel percentage like that's the increase bump. is that? Yeah. Oh, that, exactly. You know, that's not <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big bump. You got a, just under one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred sixty. That's like a thirty three percent bump. Mm-hmm. Little, oh, because a little over a thirty three percent bump. Um. So there's that, and then for you know for the people that put on put on the tournament, they had to get some more accommodations for the people. So they ordered fifty more porta potties. <laughs> due to Tiger Woods coming there, they, um. Had to, they had to get <laughs> had two to order more. ten more guys to suck out the border yeah. potties too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They Gross. had to they had to arrange they had to arrange two more parking lots because they were expecting over six thousand more cars for the weekend. Oh my! Because of Tiger Woods, and they opened up the gates an hour earlier to accommodate all the people to get where they wanted to go than compared to last year. Like the Tiger effect is in is in full effect right now, and it's. Great for golf. God, how like, happy do you think all of the producers and everything are? Oh my god, the, dude, they're just just to have them back. They're skirming. <laughs> it was great, man. I really enjoyed watching him play with Spieth. You know, I, 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 I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan. I was bummed that he didn't play so Me hot too. today, yeah. but like, it was kind of great to see Tiger go out there and handle his business dude, against Spieth today. I love it, man. The, the The last two times he's played, he's shown up Justin Thomas. He's shown up. Ricky Fowler, he's yeah. shown up Jordan Spieth, he's shown up Dustin Johnson, like no, he's shown like, up John Rahm. I feel like for the last, like basically since uh, Jordan Spieth came on the scene, when, I mean, when he won those first two majors mm-hmm. in a year, um, I feel like everybody's been like, God, I just wish Tiger, like I wish we could see Tiger competing against Jordan Spieth and Rory, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I'm the same way as you. I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but God, if we could see him Dude. like, and I kind of feel like he's almost slow building a little bit where he's like, all right, I'm just going to dip my toe in the water, get the feel back for competing, get stay healthy, complete tournaments, not pull out from back injuries. Uh-huh. And the more confidence he gets from all that, the more that old old tiger will start to creep back. He's in. just oh, yeah. slowly pressing on the yeah. throttle. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, he's, he's even come out and He's set. like, he's going up. The roller coaster that click 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 click. Oh click, yeah, click, yeah, yeah, part. exactly. He's yeah. even come out and said. And then he's once he like, gets his win, he's come he's out and said. Down. He's even said he's like, look, I need more practice for the Masters. Like that's my goal right now. And he, you know, you know, if he plays Augusta, he's he's gonna he's gonna do everything he can to win that tournament. He's not playing yes. just to, just to be there. He's oh, gonna yeah, play to win. He's not an appearance, he and is. he is going. Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I'm getting shivers right now because I'm so freaking excited to see him play. <laughs> um, he's playing next Augusta. weekend too, isn't he? Yeah, Bay Hill, where he's won eight times. Nice. So I, he's gonna. You want him Does to this show conclude him? our uh, the the Florida trip? Yes, after yeah. next week. After okay. next week, oh, Bay Hill is also in Florida, mm-hmm. and then they'll play at the um, 
Austin, no, yeah, Austin Country Club for the Dell Match Championship. Man, I wonder how many women he laid on yeah. the uh, Florida, the Florida Swing. Oh man, I bet he's, bet he's thrown it's on that. It's called the Florida Swing for a reason. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Um, there was this, there was this topography map of Tiger Woods and basically how much money he's won in each state. Have you guys seen that at all? No. It's no, ridiculous. He's like Florida, he's won like eighteen million dollars. California, he's won like sixteen. Georgia, he's won like twelve million dollars. New York, like ten million. And then like Wisconsin, like five million. Just Yeah. If I you mean, look at all of them, it's kind of it cool. Though, it's yeah. like that's where a lot of the tournaments are. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I yeah, was wondering like how long you're gonna name states and throw out an arbitrary money number. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but look at I like three point two in yeah, Oregon. Yeah. Just look it up. There's there's some really cool it's just interesting to see like how much money he's won. Yeah, in certain but you states. know what I mean. It's like that's like that that Bill Burr bit where he was talking about uh, how he's like, yeah, people are always like, well, ninety percent of shark attacks happen right by the shore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit, that's where all the fucking people are. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Like he wins all his money in Florida, it's because half the golf tournaments are down there. All right, you fucks. Well, let's move on. All right, that's cool. All right, cool we're going to combine two things that this podcast love very much in pizza and the NFL. Oh, uh, Peyton Manning sells all of his Papa John shares two days before the NFL drops them as their main sponsor, and I believe goes with Home Run In. Is that what they picked up now as their new pizza sponsor? Pizza Hut. Oh. Wow. Home Run In? <laughs> Have fun baking it at home. Yeah. No, it's Pizza Hut now. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, in my opinion, no bueno. Yeah. Um, so I read this the other day and, um, I don't know a lot about, you know, like insider trading, but is this not that (laughs) in a way? Um, uh, I mean, Evan, don't you work in like the finance industry? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have to take a quarterly compliance questionnaire on insider trading pretty much. Do you go finance or finance? Finance. I, know, I work in accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I work in tax, um, but finance. Um, but all my professors always said finance. Fin- finance. finance. That's cool. Finance. That's here with their monocle. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not sixteen hundred yeah. people going to the theater. <laughs> the theater. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it seems like it. It seems so very suspicious so that. well here's another thing that i read too so um i feel like this might not be insider trading because the because they even said in the article that he is still going to be like a national ambassador for papa john so he's still going to do like some commercials for him and he's still going to like help promote the brand but he's just he doesn't own any more franchises in well, denver he's sort of what all makes out. a big difference is papa john's a publicly traded company yeah yes yeah and did their stock take a pretty big hit one being let go from the NFL. It's been taking a pretty big hit ever since uh, the CEO stepped down and like a month or so ago or a couple of months ago due to that NFL thing, the whole kneeling during the, uh, during the anthem. Yeah. He commented on that. Yeah. It, it had been going down for a while. So yeah. I, I don't recall whether or not the NFL dropping them, them parting ways had any yeah. real impact on their, on their stock price. Um, because if it did, then I think it would raise some red flags, mm-hmm. right? Probably, you know, make a lot of money before you would have made a lot less money. Cause, yeah, because, I mean, he obviously knew that it was coming, you know? Like, he yeah, he's, he's he like, was pretty high up in the company. He knew a lot. Oh, and he yeah, wasn't, sure. you know, like, majority owner or anything, but he... 
No, he but was he was like a best big friends name. with the owner. Like yeah. after he won the Super yeah. Bowl, he went and hugged the yeah. Papa John's owner. Yeah. It's like the first person he went for. He's like, oh, get out of here, wife. Yeah. <laughs> Beat it, wife. I want to hug the pizza guy. Yeah. I just thought I just thought that was very weird. Like, I don't know. I just I, I get it. You gotta you gotta, you know, try to make some money off of it. Obviously he made enough, but um but I just thought that it was very coincidental and I don't know. Do you think he might go to jail for it or something? <laughs> I guess I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, How do you think he'd last in jail? Oh. <laughs> I think he'd be just fine. Yeah. I think he'd be going to one of those country club jails where he's yeah. like playing fucking croquet or whatever yeah. they play he'd there. He'd be going to like Pablo Escobar's jail where he just build his own and, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. El Cate Cate Drow. Drow. Yeah. El Cate Drow. Yeah. He'd be yeah. doing that same thing pretty much. Just living the dream in there. Uh, probably, well, be, probably be in jail at Cherry Hills or something like isn't that. Isn't he still going to be on their terrible commercials? I think so, every so often. I think so, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he would do just fine. I, unless they send him to like an Oakland prison for some reason. I mean, he'd probably well, just befriend like Kansas. five really big guys to stand in front of him and make sure no one gets to him. Yeah. I, he, I think feel he's like got a lot of experience. He's signing that. more autographs and shit than he would be. Yeah, worried about dropping I a soap yeah. in the shower. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sure. Yeah. All yeah. right, moving yeah. on. Um, we have an LSU running back. Uh, is this the combine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Combine, um, yeah. Yeah. So an LSU running back was asked if he likes men and if his mother was a prostitute while at the NFL Combine. Uh, I'm guessing from one of the scouts there. Yeah, it was during a team interview. So players that are invited to the combine um, have to go around to like interview with a ton of different teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe like all of them. I don't even know. I think they get like six minutes or something like that with each team. And in one of his team interviews, they asked him uh, whether or not he likes men. And then I think another team asked uh, him if his mother was a prostitute. Jesus. Which that's too much. Like this is like the NFL Combine <laughs> okay, is supposed to be like the biggest like f- like circus like the underwear Olympics like, <laughs> and <laughs> instead they have to go in there and like be subjected to questions like that from NFL teams about stuff that has nothing to do with football. First of all, if there isn't already something called the Underwear Olympics, there definitely should be. That'd be a great event. Monterey Bowl. It's only one sport though. Yeah, we, but it's a great sport. <laughs> but imagine if we made it global. Yeah, I agree. The underwear Olympics. We'll look into the stay-at-home fans will look into that. Those damn Brazilians would crush everything. I oh, think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I see what you did. Okay. There. Second of all, um, what did the guy have any reason for asking these questions? That's what it's I like, want to know. Yeah, it's like, what like, gives you the right? I haven't seen this, so I don't like. I mean, I'm just, I've done a lot of job interviews. I, I, I know for a fact that these questions would definitely be crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was very stylishly dressed. Um, well, they're all fucking hipsters now. Yeah. I mean, something had to come out of the locker room, right? To, like to this, something to this... had to have leaked to yeah. a team somehow. Somebody who used to be on LSU, like that is on that team now that like made some remark in passing about so they the asked this in like a public setting yeah like a, yeah, no it's, yeah it was a private interview that the team had and okay. afterwards he uh-huh. mentioned that uh this had happened he didn't disclose the team but there are other sources 
that have confirmed those reports as well. That's what would they were in the room? I, I uh, look. I don't. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but like maybe I could see how. Uh, I don't, maybe there'd be some weird stigma about having a gay guy on your team or something. I, I don't know. I, in the far corners of my mind, I could imagine maybe there would be some relevance to that question. I don't know how or whatever, but why the fuck would they care if his mother was a prostitute? You think it was Dave Portnoy just going in there to get some content? <laughs> <laughs> That's some funny ass stuff. <laughs> it's very, it very well could have been. I could say that, like would, make, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would make perfect sense. But yeah, I, I I don't I don't understand why I, I just don't get the prostitute question at I, all. I don't either. Well, I mean, could you imagine like like them asking you that? I mean, dude, if it was me and they asked me that, you know, I would I would get up and leave probably. <laughs> I don't think I'd be that. I don't think I would take that very lightly. <laughs> or would you clarify like, um, are you talking about currently or in the past? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or just make a real smart ass comment about it. Yeah. I, I I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, t- to me that's definitely over line. Like, what makes them think that they can ask him about that? I, like, I mean, even if it, but just to like, regardless of, even if that was just a totally normal question to ask, what relevance would that possibly have to do with him playing football? Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. No idea. I don't get it. Should we like, try you, and pick which NFL team asked him <laughs> about his mother? Yeah, I mean. I mean, if you're gay and you're playing in the NFL, there's there's obviously some out there. A lot of them are, you know, in the closet for sure. But the one that did come out, you know, he, he had the opportunity and he played well. He ended up, I think he's still on a practice team somewhere. Michael Sam. Michael Sam, yeah. And, you know, not there's anything wrong with that. But, um, you know, like, I feel like if you're, if you are gay, like, you can still, if they have the talent to play, like, who cares? You know, it's hard because I feel like the team that would ask if he was gay is different from the team that would ask if his mom was a prostitute. I, it was different. Sex worker? I think prostitute is a bad term so, now. Something must have. Something had to come out in that locker room that said, that, you know, throughout the LSU locker room, I got to these, you know, these franchises, and they had to. Something bad must have happened to this guy in the past. That's the only thing I can think of. But still, even then, yeah, I don't do think, you think that maybe they were him. trying to get after like some sort of mental health issue or something that could be that's you know a the, good point you know those old like missed connections on like <laughs> yeah, craigslist yeah. i wonder if it was like one of the team's execs was like oh that missed connection was that your mom <laughs> i've been thinking about her every day for the last 30 years yeah maybe not i don't know just trying to give them some like if you're some the <laughs> different uh, reason African-American lady with gray hair that works the corner of Detroit <laughs> and 17th. I had a great time. Here's my number. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's just, I don't know. This seems that, very weird. It doesn't seem right to me. I, maybe, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just one know. weird dude. Or maybe, the, yeah, maybe they assess those questions because they think maybe he has, like, anger management issues and they were just trying to really, Yeah, but I mean, you, you know. think about it like that. I mean, I'm not trying to, to throw out a generalization here, but, I mean... How many kids, by the time that they're getting to uh, the combine, part of it have grown up with without a dad or yeah. with a you know yeah. or like in a shitty situation or in the projects or in a shitty situation? Anyways, I don't know. No, it seems very irrelevant. I'm sure. I'm sure that's probably more relevant than than not. Unfortunately, like that seems unfortunate. That definitely seems to be the case with a lot of professional athletes, mainly the NBA and NFL, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. They had to be getting at him for something he's done in the past. And to me, I think that's kind of wrong, but 
Yeah. Whatever. No, it's definitely fucked up if yeah. that's it's really the case. Not but cool. Just seems, that seems, I don't know, it seems like there might be more to it. Yeah, it's possible. Um, all right, let's switch gears here. Uh, let's go take it over to the boxing world. Um, Canelo Alvarez. Oh, boy. Um, Canelo oh Alvarez boy. recently tested positive for clembuterol. Um Right before, well, not right before, but he's still got a couple months. But uh, testing up to his uh, rematch with Gennady Golovkin. Um, yeah, basically, he tested. I mean, he tested positive, but he did test positive for trace amounts. I don't really mm-hmm. think there's that that much to this, to be honest. Um, and clenbuterol is not. It's not like a steroid that's going to make you jacked up and stuff. Yeah, so it, it's it's. I forget exactly what it is, but it has something to do with helping you cut weight, I believe. Oh. Which doesn't really make any sense because at this point, he's not... his Their fight's on Cinco de Mayo, I it's believe. It's like two months, yeah. Yeah, he's not at the weight-cutting portion yeah. of any of that, so... What I if he just got really fat? <laughs> <laughs> Drink I mean, a lot of tecates. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I don't know. It's tough because... All right, so basically, he's training down in Mexico right now. And they do have a problem where this is a substance that is in uh, a lot of the meat, a lot of the red meat Mm -hmm. that is in Mexico. And it's caused some problems for a lot of guys in the fighting world. Um, He did test for trace amounts. Look, I'm not exactly sure. Only Canelo Alvarez and his team knows what's going on here. Um, I'll tell you this. It's not going to stop the fight. No, I say I I know the fight's already... They haven't mentioned anything about yeah. postponing the fight or canceling it or anything like that. Yeah. Boxing needs this fight too much. Oh, yeah. It's kind of crazy they need that, a like, big time. Man, boxing, boxing is so shady these days. It's like, a, I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of a dying sport. I hate to tell you that. But. I totally disagree, to be honest. I think there's a huge rejuvenation in the heavyweight division and it's making boxing exciting again. And then you guys got, you got guys like, Chuck, like Triple know, G, like Canelo, do you know any heavyweight like Lomachenko. There's that dude who, like, has knocked out like 38 of 39 people. Um, What's yeah. his name? Just fought like, <laughs> you know, a few days ago. Deontay Wilder. Point taken. Yeah, and his name. Yeah, is, that's uh, not really yeah. that point. <laughs> Deontay Wilder. But that's but I'm not saying it's all. I'm not saying it's the Mike Tyson era. Oh, but definitely. I'm not. saying it's not dead. It's, no, there's still huge fights being put on, and if you compare it to MMA and stuff, it's it does pretty equal numbers, if not better, in a lot of cases. Really, dude. Well, I mean, yeah. If Anthony you have the McGregor Joshua Mayweather sold out the Wembley. Uh, stadium, 90,000 people in his last fight. Damn. In Dude. London. Damn. Yeah. Deontay Wilder Okay, I have heard of that guy. Uh, he, was on, he was on weekend. Grand Tour. Fighting is just He's a man. huge... Mm-hmm. Gl- boxing yeah. is just a huge global thing. I think like, I feel like maybe just in the U.S., it's it's definitely lost its its power for sure over the last few. And I think that they... In the U.S., I mean, I mean, most people I know don't care to watch boxing fights. That's... Just, just, yeah, that's just like the maybe just people I hang out with. I don't know, I but the majority that, of people I've talked to, like except for you and mainly you, and then you know like a few <laughs> only other people. you, yeah. No, no, I also people back home that definitely love boxing. Like one of my one of my good buddies growing up, his favorite sport is boxing, and he watches it all the time. He like goes to all the events. He's been he went to the McGregor Mayweather fight and like all that shit. So I feel like it's not. I, like we had talked on one of our previous, like one of our practice podcasts about what was it the NFL taking ratings hits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, baseballs d- 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 juicing their balls to dying try and get people to watch more. It's not they're not dying sports. It's that there's just more shit to watch than there ever has been before. People have more options to watch things than ever before. It's like when you used to watch football or whatever, you, that was like that, that was the only thing to do on Sundays. It's like you either watch mm-hmm. Mash 
or cheers great show or football you know what i mean it's like there's so much shit to watch now that you don't and there's and you can catch the highlights super easily you can just youtube the highlights from a game like you can look up recaps and everything i think it's just there's just so much stuff to watch that i think that like you the displacement to, well, of things yeah. is spreading out no i see what you're saying but i mean that you're you're kind of you're kind of like proving your argument though, because that's, that's saying that people aren't watching the games and people aren't going to the games. I'm saying that it's not a boxing problem; it's a sports problem. Yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you on that, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well, no, I just, I just think that I think that this fight needs to happen. And the first one I really wanted to watch. I don't know why I didn't. I don't remember. I remember I had something going on. I think I had a wedding or something as to why I didn't watch it. But this was one fight that I was actually, you know, like gonna buy it or something like that so i want to watch the rematch i've watched triple g fight twice and i've watched canelo fight three times whatever so i'm fighting against floyd and yeah um i don't know i'm not that stoked for this rematch just because triple g clearly won the first fight yeah he uh, did. then you've got psycho adelaide bird screwing up the refing or the judging not i'm sorry not the refing the judging money bro um it's yeah it's bad money um so, I don't know. I'm not super stoked for this rematch. Well, here's uh, my question is. I think it's a good fight. It'll do good business for boxing. I don't. Definitely. I disagree with you. I don't think boxing does need this fight. I think they got a lot of stars. I just think that it's something that you're not that into. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to the UFC. I mean, how many people do you know that, other than Conor McGregor, know anything about the UFC? Well, I mean, just like you said, though, like they don't get very many ratings. They don't get very good ratings unless they fight, and that's why they need this is because they need the people that they need the people that people know fighting to fight. Like Conor McGregor, everybody knows Conor McGregor. Everybody, a lot of people know Canelo Alvarez. A lot of people know Triple G. Yeah, that's why they need them to fight because it's good for the sport and it's good for promotion. Whereas you know, like most people don't want to watch Cyborg versus Yana Yatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyatsyats
I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so if you lose one of those, it can set you back immensely. Yep. I've been thinking about this a lot, too. Um, well, nope. <laughs> <laughs> really Not really. I guess I haven't. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll come back to me on our next yeah. point. All right, moving on. Um, this is just something I kind of wanted to bring up to get your guys' opinion on as casual fans of MMA. Um, I would classify you as Dane a little bit more than Chuck, but either way, Chuck, you watch a lot yes. of fights with me. Coming around. <laughs> Getting there. Um, I'm like that. Uh, so there's no UFC fights this weekend. Uh, UFC has taken a weekend off, which happens, you know, I'd say once every two to three months, they mm-hmm. take a weekend off. And there's kind of a lot of talks about uh, about their about their scheduling. You know, they used to only have a couple shows a year, um, and now they have one basically every weekend. And now you get these fights that are Jeremy Stevens versus Josh Emmett that, unless you're a pretty deep fan, mm-hmm. nobody really cares about. Yep. Um, but at the same time, for people that are fans, I don't know. I always appreciate that there's a fight on. And I was just kind of curious what you guys think basically give me the Goldilocks. Do you think that there's too many shows? Do you think that there's not enough shows or do you think that basically they're kind of in the sweet spot? Well, this is like that. This is that fine balance, sort of like what we were talking about earlier, like how, you know, we need to get more fights, but at the same time we need like more fighters to be coming. And at the same time we need more fighters to be coming up, but everyone wants like a good fight. Mm -hmm. So you like those name brand fights where you have, you know, uh, Conor McGregor versus Diaz or something like that where uh, it's a huge draw. And so by having fewer shows, you get more opportunity for those, but less opportunity to get more up-and-coming stars through the mix mm-hmm. to continue to supplement that. I don't know. how do you, like It's such a tough balance to try and find. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, yeah, they need to get more, they need to try to get more fighters and everything like that to promote the sport. Um, I think that's, I don't know. I think that's one of those things you don't really want to force it. I think right now they're at a pretty good spot, personally. Um, cause you know, every, I mean like every sport has a break, you know, it, 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 you can't have one every single weekend. I just, I mean, you could, but the, the quality of fights would definitely go downhill because you'd be putting a lot of people there that we're trying to just force TV ratings. You're trying to force people to watch it when, you know, you probably yeah. get to the point where people wouldn't even know most of these people. Um, and you know, I think that, I think they're doing a pretty good job of what they're doing, at least, you know, as far as TV airtime and all that stuff as far as you know ratings and all that stuff could definitely be better but like we said that that comes with quality of fighters that comes with promoting fighters to a way that you know brings out a personality that people can follow and people can relate to or whatever that they want to you know go out and they want to watch them um i think that what they're doing is good i think that the amount of ufc events they have because i mean it's only what one week and the last time they had off was probably christmas maybe yeah, somewhere in December, I think. So, I mean, it, one weekend off to me is, meh, whatever. That's fine. Give give everybody a break. Let them go. Yeah. Let them go smoke some pot with Shane. Uh, Sugar Sean. Yeah, Sugar Sean. Yeah. Um, Let them chill for a week. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I feel like the UFC right now is in kind of a lull. Like, there's just... It's tough, right? There aren't that, like... There aren't that many great fights that I know of that are coming up at all. And oh, like, sir. Well, don't well, you think... Take it, a step back, my friend. Don't you think the it would be... The next pay-per-view, Tony Ferguson versus that, Happy Bad. That's going to well, be great. Uh, that's right. If I it happens. About that. And Yoanna Young-Dreitschek versus Rose Namajunas. If it happens, yeah. 
keep my fingers crossed. But, but like beyond that, like there aren't a whole lot of stars at the top of no, the. No, there's divisions. just not a lot of stars in general. Even at that, so, that fight, dude. That's like, I mean, you're an MMA enthusiast. I know, I know. There's still a lot of people that don't. Oh, for sure. Really, no. But I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch that fight for sure. I'm stoked yeah, about that. I mean, it, it's yeah, especially in America. But there's you know a lot of Russian fans. Russian will be buying stuff. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess my opinion on this. Um, what I would really love to see them do. Yeah, because they're it's tough. It's a it's a very unique sport in which it is built upon stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they have look. A lot of people complain like that they don't promote their fighters. They they only put their promotional dollars into their Ronda Rousey's and Conor McGregor's and stuff Francis like that. Ngannou. If you want to find promotion, look. I watched over two hours worth of stuff on Jeremy Stevens and Josh Emmett that the Mm -hmm. UFC put out. I've watched plenty of stuff on Brian Ortega and Frankie Edgar from this past weekend's fight there. I think that people don't give the UFC enough credit for promoting a lot of their fighters. I think that there's not a lot of people interested in looking at the promotions that they put out. And so I think there's a problem between getting that sort of, it's crazy because there's so many interesting stories, so many different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. so many different characters Mm -hmm. in the UFC. It's just hard to get people to care about it. What I would like to see them do is I, I think that they should keep the amount of shows that they have do it, do one pretty much every weekend. Yeah. Give guys a chance on their roster to build their resumes. Um, but what I would love to see them do is have less pay-per-views do four pay-per-views yes, a year. I agree on that. And make them super cards. Four title fights on a, on a pay-per-view. That's a fantastic idea. And or do one have, like every other month. And just have them month. be like a Super Bowl each quarter. That, you have, and then you put a ton of promotion into the people that are on those pay-per-views. That's a fantastic idea. Because A... I'm thinking about it a lot. I, no, I mean, that makes perfect sense because... Like, we've talked about the last few cards. Like the Francis Ngannou Stephen Miocic card. Like, oh, yeah, it was good, blah, blah, blah. But in all honesty, it wasn't that good except for that Stephen I mean, leading up to it at least, you know. Like, it had a lot of promotion. But Stephen Miocic and the Francis Ngannou fight was a great fight because they were talking about, oh, this guy's going to be the next champ forever, blah, blah, blah. That didn't turn out. But, um, but yeah, like, even like you said, you're like, I'm an MMA enthusiast. I don't even know a lot of these people on this card. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, do it's do that. Like, have... Do one maybe every other month or every yeah. Do four maybe a year and just stack them yeah. so then you can have people see those people that you don't even know on these free events that everybody can watch. So you can you can get them a lot more promotion. Yeah. Also, that's a great idea. Like one I'm thing call that the I UFC f- tomorrow. <laughs> one thing that I think they could do also is like maybe have like or maybe make like a contender series leading into that or something like that. They do that. Yeah. Okay. They, oh, they, they do. do that. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. But <laughs> yeah, I've been, like I've, we're, we're, but where it is like leading towards like getting a shot at being on the card of the main. I get what you're saying. I've thought about that a lot too. If there was a way, look, I, I, it's tough for me as a, as such a big fan of fights. I, I don't really want them, to, but like if they could come out with a way to make almost like a season you know, like a, like a, like a regular sports season or something where you have almost a structure of like, yeah, (laughs) something where you have almost like a, like a long tournament, uh, over a couple months and then you, and then all like a playoff series and then the fucking super bowl of, of it. I, I, you know, and I don't know how they would structure that or something, but just in the future, I could see them having some sort of organization like that. I'm calling the UFC. Which would be interesting as well. It's happening. Take like the eight, Top, or like the top seven contenders and the champion, and make a bracket where yeah, 
That's just tough. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Something like that could work. Have, like, yes. I mean, that's essentially what Bellator is doing right now with the heavyweight Grand Prix. They started out with eight guys in the heavyweight division, and throughout the year, they started in January. And throughout the year, they're putting on different heavyweight fights and single elimination. And by the end of the year, they'll crown the new heavyweight champion. Take notes, UFC. So Take not a bad notes. Idea. And it's like it's something where I like I've it. been following along pretty closely with it. And like it does it. make it, you know, it's like, sure, Matt Mitrione versus Roy Nelson would be a fun fight to watch. But you add it into this tournament style and it makes it a lot more interesting. Well, another thing that sucks, too, that UFC is doing is how they have all these, you know, all these... Uh, pay-per-view events where they're giving all these interim titles it's like dude, these interim titles don't mean shit yeah they mean that's nothing uh, it's just a fancy word for a number one contender that's, that's all it is yes i agree with you but the reason that i actually like interim title fights is is for two reasons so one, everybody gets a trophy well no as much as I am a fan of the participation trophy, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, I like when, if it, especially if it's a co-main event, I like that it goes from being a three-round fight to a five-round fight. Just say it's a five-round fight. And why do you have to have a, co- uh, have to have a title? Second reason that I like it, um, it's very important for the two fighters that are fighting because they get paid much more for a title fight than they do for a regular fight. It's in their contract that if you're fighting for a title, you get especially if it's on a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. you get pay-per-view points and percentages. Um, the fighters make way more money if they're competing for, even for an interim title when is than it, they do over. And if there's one thing that's wrong with this sport, it is low athlete yeah. pay. When is like an interim championship or interim belt, like officially on the line? Uh, this is also something I've been trying to talk about for a while is that I think that they need a much harder rule on this like if a guy is injured and is definitely going to be out for at least one year then they make an interim title something like that that because they are pretty arbitrary i will agree um there is no hard line rule but generally it's if um somebody's unable to compete usually for about a year man they really don't have any hard line rules no they don't and stuff nope i mean they don't even have the same rules in all the commissions when you're in the cage Mm mm-hmm yeah, which is dumb. <laughs> they should probably tighten that up. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. That would make sense. I'm going to call you. I'm calling the UFC tomorrow. Goddamn podcast <laughs> has more structure than the UFC. I know. Yeah. Um, speaking of structure, home fans. I think that pretty much wraps it up for the headlines of this week. Yep. Yeah. I think that does it. I'll do it. Well, thanks for listening. Again, give us a follow on SoundCloud when you get a chance and leave us some comments. We'd love to know what we can do better for you. But for Dane and Evan, I'm Charlie. Have a happy weekend.